Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Uh, right now, high drama, not just here in this country because it's election day, but high drama over in uh, London right now. Uh, last week, the EU and uh, Britain came up with a, they thought was a deal anyway for Brexit that needed to be ratified by the British Parliament. And in a special session on Saturday, uh, they basically kicked it down the road, much to the chagrin of uh, Boris Johnson. Uh, he's suggesting he's going to try a force a vote on that today, and we're not even sure if that's going to be able to, to happen in the British Parliament. Joining us to talk about this and try to sort through this is our Mark Manger, who is the Director and Master of Global Affairs Program and also an Associate Professor of Political Economy and uh, Global Affairs. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for the time. Great to have you with us today. Hi, hello. Hi, Will. Uh, great. Listen, and, and I'm looking forward to somebody here, yourself, trying to sort this stuff out for us. Uh, you can't write this stuff. I mean, this is House of Cards being played out in, in its entirety and in, in, in real time here with Boris Johnson. Uh, we, to- we were told earlier in the weekend that after Saturday's debacle that he was going to try to force a vote on this. Now I'm starting to hear, Mark, that uh, the, the Speaker of the House uh, may not even allow it to be on the table. John Burko apparently is going to have a say on that. Yes, apparently. So the news have just come in that uh, the speaker has actually denied this vote because he said uh, there's, a, there's a precedent that goes back to the early 17th century that says you cannot put the same bill to the House twice. And he referred to the precedent and said this is basically the same bill that, bill that you've already put forward, so I, I will not allow this vote to go forward. Uh, however, the British government will try again tomorrow. Uh, under the, They will basically say instead of this simple up or down vote on the deal, they will put the whole package to the House, and that that vote will actually be allowed. So, again, this is getting delayed, uh, and, and uh, Boris Johnson's getting awfully frustrated. How are the EU responding to this? Well, the EU is playing, is playing a, a, a tough right now, because... Uh, uh, Emmanuel Macron, the French president, has said that he's not uh, that he's not really in favor of another extension because apparently the Brits can't make up their mind. But I think that is just for show. I think this is actually to keep the pressure up so that the House of Commons actually made up makes up its mind. I do not think that the EU actually wants to kick Britain out or wants to be seen as kicking Britain out. But there's certainly everybody in Brussels seems to be completely fed up with uh, the back and forth and yes or no, and maybe not in this form and going back to the negotiating table. And that certainly has to come to an end. Uh, Maybe you could add uh, some clarity to this, too, because my understanding was with what the parliament did on Saturday, uh, that uh, there's, I I guess, a portion of that bill that was passed or that law that that said that Boris Johnson had to ask for an extension. And, of course, that's not something that he wanted to actually have to do, but apparently it's being forced upon him. Is is, is that something that's going to be happening anyway? Yeah, so so the the so-called Ben Act, uh, that was passed a little earlier by Parliament, by the opposition effectively, forced uh, forced the, uh, Boris Johnson to ask for an extension if the deal was not approved. Uh, that's what has happened. So he, he was, just before midnight on Saturday, he had to send a letter to Brussels asking for an extension. Uh, he made the point of not signing the letter, just as, a, you know, for... for to make the point, it makes no difference. It's legally binding. And the EU said, okay, so you have asked for an extension. We accept it as such. But he was forced to do so. This is not what he wanted uh, because he actually, I mean, he's, he had said, we are leaving on October 31st. And that's not going to happen unless they miraculously pass a deal and all the atten- all the legislation that comes with it in the next 10 days. But how much say does he actually have in this? I mean, I'm getting the sense from some of the stuff that's happened, especially in the last couple of weeks, Mark, 
he does not have the the control of the parliament over there right now. It's, it seems to be somebody else that's actually carrying most of this stuff through. I, it's Jeremy, I, I, I'm not sure, sure exactly where it's coming from right now, but with the the exodus that he's had of some of his own members, of course, or he booted some of them out too. Uh, does he actually have uh, the support of of the Commons to move forward on this? No, this is so. It's very tricky arithmetic there. Uh, he does not have a majority. Um, he had, before booting out those those conservatives, uh, he had relied on the DUP, uh, the Democratic Unionist Party from Northern Ireland, uh, for a majority. The DUP has already said they're not in favor of the deal that he has now negotiated, but then some Labour members might actually vote with uh, the government, and most of the uh, former conservative MPs who he had booted out are probably going to be let back into the fold somehow. Uh, and then it looks like he's actually going to have the numbers, but barely, and a lot of things can go wrong. I, I'm surprised about the, the support from some people on Labour now, because, I mean, I, some of the previous comments from Jeremy Corbyn, I mean, they seem hell-bent for Leather to actually force an election on this. Have they backed off on that idea? Yeah, um, it's 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 unclear. So nobody really knows if they want an election, if they want an election still this year. Um and it's very, um, the Labour Party is split in this because there are constituencies in the north of England that voted Leave quite strongly. Uh, Jeremy Corbyn himself probably is actually in favour of Leaving. They just want a different form of Leaving. They want a form where, whereby the, the uh, Britain stays in the customs union with the EU. Um, so it's not that they're against that all of the Labour Party is actually pro-Remain. Uh, Labour membership, however, is very strongly pro-Remain. So it's really split. So it's, it, uh, it comes down to the decisions of individual MPs. It also comes down uh, on to whether uh, Jeremy Corbyn decides that he's going to force his whole party to vote with him um, or he's just not going to uh, enforce that during this vote. I would imagine. Uh, odds are... Odds are that you know a handful of Labour members are actually going to to vote with the government. I, I would imagine that the Labour is also looking at some of the polling. I mean, some of the, the reporting I've seen on this, anyway, uh, Mark seems to indicate that uh, if there were an election, uh, it's, uh, they may they may be upset with Boris Johnson, but they're not big fans of, of Jeremy Corbyn either. And uh, the, uh, the old idea about watch what you wish for, because it may not work out in Labour's best interest if they went to the polls. No, absolutely, and this is why they've been stalling. And uh, I mean. Essentially, Boris Johnson has has been asking, has been has been tempting them, has been you know said you know, let's have an election on this um, because he's quite confident that he will win it, uh, whereas Labour is not so sure. It's just there's this uh, so at some uh, not so long ago uh, the British government did something, the British Parliament did something which is really out of line with Westminster democracies like we have here in Canada as well. They passed the Fixed Parliament Act. And according to the Sixth Parliament Act, uh, it's not easy. The government cannot directly dissolve Parliament and just call an election. It actually needs to be ousted. And as long as Labour doesn't go along with it, uh, they're in a stalemate there as well. If he's going to pull the whole package and put it on the table for uh, an up-and-down vote... Uh, as I understand it, one of the more contentious issues of this proposal, anyway, was that Irish border. Has that been resolved yet? So the the deal with the Irish border, the, the thing is, we we don't know this this hasn't been published, so we don't know exactly what uh, what the the finer points there are. But the way uh, most of us understand at this point is that Northern Ireland stays effectively in the EU single market. Uh, and uh, is subject to all the rules of the EU, and the border is effectively the Irish Sea. 
that's why the DUP, as you know, the Protestant party in, in Northern Ireland, doesn't want to go along with it. Uh, the way they're going to solve the conundrum is by giving people a rebate. So if uh, if uh, Britain, once Britain has left, negotiates its own free trade agreements and lowers its tariffs, and those would be lower than the EU tariffs, then the residents of Northern Ireland can apply for a rebate, sort of like you would apply for your, um, you know, GST rebate at oh, the yeah. end of the year, like we do in Canada. Simple, same principle. Um, and, and that's the idea how it's been solved. But uh, but at least the DUP in Northern Ireland doesn't like that idea at all. So with this extension that has been requested, uh, I, I'm, I'm hearing January 31st. Is that a reasonable amount of time to try to, to work all these kinks out? Um, yeah. I mean, for practical purposes, the deal is, is there, right? Parliament just needs to you know, give some time for scrutiny, but they can, if the numbers are there, they can pass it. Everything's there needs to be implemented to the extent possible. Uh, and an important thing to keep in mind is that nothing will change on February 1st um, because the because Britain stays in the single market for all practical purposes until the end of 2020 under this deal. So it's not an immediate change. And that's probably the biggest advantage of, of having some kind of deal that people can adjust and prepare for the for the eventual date when Britain actually formally leaves the single market. There was some talk uh, before the uh, events of this past weekend uh, of holding another referendum, and 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 that I know the 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 support behind that has has wavered uh, over the last couple of months. Uh, I know Boris Johnson certainly doesn't want to do that, but it is something that other people are still raising. Is it a possibility at this stage? Um, I suppose it were it. it you know, it could be forced upon Boris Johnson, but I think he would probably not go along with it. I suspect he would resign and then um, there would be caretaker government. And it's a very contentious issue. I mean, if the country is split down the middle, what is what is really going to change, right? If they voted 52 to 48 in 2016, and now they might vote 51 or 52 to 48 to remain, the country is still going to be split down the middle. Uh, and that's, that's that's highly problematic. Uh, and uh, many people say, well, the referendum was only advisory. But when you when you read what it actually said, when people were getting the notifications about the referendum, it didn't sound advisory at all. It said, we will do. We, as the British government, will do what the people choose. Um, so they bound themselves to this. So having another referendum, it's a bit like holding another election, but without ever implementing the results of the first one. Um, you know, it's 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 very very sketchy uh, from the point of view of, a dem- of looking at this as a democratic vote. You raise an interesting uh, concept here, though. I mean, if they go through with this, and it sort of looks like they're going to, and as you indicated, it looks like they've got the votes to get this thing through. Uh, what about the future? I mean, c- would a future government have a chance to reconsider this? So, if if Britain leaves formally under Article Fifty uh, and is out. They have then until 2020 or possibly longer, until the end of 2022, uh, negotiated a future arrangement with the EU where it's a partner country, effectively. Britain is a partner country of the EU. Of course, Britain can always apply for joining again. Article 49 uh, of the, the treaty allows any country to join, and there would probably be some hesitation in Brussels to agree Yeah, to that. that's, that's what I was going to ask you. Do they want them back? <laughs> but, uh, you know... The demographics, it sounds, it sounds terrible, the demographics are in favor of that because uh, younger Brits are very, very much in favor of EU membership. So who knows, maybe in 10 years Britain can join again. Right? Uh, the difficult part is I think that 
most people would most remainers would Britain to be in the EU the way it is now, which is not part of the euro, not really participating in this, in everything, not not being part of the Schengen Agreement that allows for visa-free travel uh, and uh, and and all these things. Um, but that's probably not on offer if they were to rejoin. If they were to rejoin, the you would probably say, okay, if you want to be a member, you really have to be a member, which means you have to join the euro and all the agreements. And I suspect that that, that we're far from a majority uh, in favor of that in Britain at the moment. When this whole thing started, and we'll, we'll go back to the referendum, I guess, Mark, uh, as you mentioned from 2016 and those results uh, were announced, uh, there was some concern among the EU membership that, uh, that you know, we got to play hardball with these guys because there was some talk about some of the other EU members uh, also thinking about an exit. If, if the UK can do it, maybe we can do it. Spain, uh, even France, I guess, at one time was rumored to be, you know, there were movements in that regard. Uh, given the kerfuffle and the way this thing has rolled out over the last couple of years, uh, are they secure now? Is everybody looking at this and saying, we don't want to go down that road? Let them go if they want to, but it's not going to serve as a template for anybody else, is it? Yeah, very much so. Very much so. That's uh, that's, that's an absolutely correct assessment. Uh, support for the EU has risen again, possibly, I mean, partly because things have got better, right, after, yeah. the, after the, the major crisis, but partly also because people have seen the, these attempts at... at uh, uh, at uh, Brexit and have seen how difficult it is and how it is, you know, practically impossible for a, for a long-term member to just extricate itself from from this arrangement. Well, especially if you look at what happened internally. I mean, obviously there's the concern about what it would do to the EU, uh, union itself, but uh, the turmoil within the UK here, I mean, this is their third prime minister in, in, in what, two years now because of the, and it's basically all because of Brexit, that, that you know, uh, David Cameron quit, uh, Theresa May quit, and, and Boris Johnson's in there for the time being anyway. Uh, but even if they go through with this, uh, the, Mark, I, I got to assume that the, the the wounds that have been opened in the UK are not going to heal very quickly. No, absolutely. I mean, the, it has it has polarized British politics. That you know, we all thought of Britain as this place where people are very reasonable about politics, and and you know, it could never be polarized or radicalized in any way. And we've seen all of this happen now, and I think that that people are very, very, very concerned about that. Well, uh, the drama continues this week, and uh, I, it, just as we can't seem to predict what's going to happen in the Canadian election, I'm not sure we can predict what's going to happen over there with that, uh, which is why we're so grateful for, for the insight. Thanks so much for this today, Mark. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Take okay. care. Bye-bye. Mark, Mark Manger from uh, University of Toronto, keeping an eye on the Brexit situation. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.